All right, all right, all right. How's everybody today? Y'all doing good? Man, it's good to see a full house today. Good to see y'all. Appreciate you so much. I want to welcome our Facebook Live or whatever platform you're watching from today. Thank you so much for joining us today. We, we extend, I mean, we, we like to have a full house here, but we, we extend that out into our online campus and, and we appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us. I mean, put in the comments of where you're from, where you're watching from, and um, we appreciate you guys so much. I, I pray that Holy Spirit fill your house, fill your car. Just if you're driving, don't close your eyes to pray. It's okay. God will still hear your prayer with eyes open. So anyways, we, we appreciate you guys. Um, man, what a, what a great day. Um, I've kind of started feeling that little pinch of fall in the air, and, and I'm looking forward to that. But it still gets warm enough in the afternoon. So um, anyways, I, I, uh, I'm excited about the times we live in, even though there's crazy stuff going on in this world. I'm excited about the times we live in because these times have to happen in order for Jesus to step in to this place. And, and we, as, we as Christians, we need to be ready. So when you get home this afternoon, I want you to do a little rapture practice. I want you to just go and start jumping up. Just get a little rapture practice in. And, uh, and that way you'll be in physical shape to go. And, all right. Well, um, what an exciting day I have for you today. It is, it is such an honor to uh, have friends. And... Um, you know, if, if you want to have friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. That's what the Bible says. But uh, it's so good to have friends, even, even though we don't get to see them, um, you know, a lot through the year. It's always good to pick back up. And um, uh, Johnny Rowlett has been a, been a friend, been an acquaintance for many, many years. Over the last few years, we've just really got back in touch again. But Johnny was at the... Uh, conference the day that Lynette and I met and and he watched the sparks fly he watched he watched her fall in love I can't say anything about your age because but we're the same age man I can't say anything about that but um but anyways, that, that's what happened. Um, all I know, all I remember about that day is the sprinkler system went off on the inside of my armpits. And I was sweating out a shirt from the inside out because she was hot. I mean, I don't know if you had on high heels that day or not, but, but I was looking up at her going, it is so nice to meet you. Anyways, and then it's getting to be about me and her instead of about Johnny. Um, anyways, Johnny was there the day that, that we met, and, and it's been such an honor, such a pleasure to know Johnny Rowlett. And so what I would like for you guys to do today is to give Johnny Rowlett and his wife, Gail, a good Cowboy Church welcome. So if you would, honor the man, Johnny Rowlett.
Yeehaw. She said yeehaw. <laughs> I love that. Yeehaw. Good morning. Just in case you didn't hear me before, I'm really excited to be back. It in C C C thirty thousand C's. I love it. N three. Y'all, y'all just go with N three. All right, that's cool. Oh, was that it? N three C. So I'm so grateful to be here this morning, and it's so grateful to see all of your faces, even those ones way back in the back there. It is a blessing and a pleasure to be in this house. I love this place. I tune in quite frequently uh, just because I love your pastors. How many of y'all are grateful for the people God has put in? What a blessing. What a blessing. This morning we have, uh, I'm going to try to be on point and get out of here and, and, uh, and try to make this quick. So, but I believe that we can do something and be impacting and quick at the same time. Amen. Listen, it, here's what I know. What I know about my father is it's really not about who it is that's bringing the word. It's not all, it's not about the person that's up front. It's about your decision this morning to not be here to waste your time. You're, you're here to get something. You're here to be impacted. You're here to be changed. You're here also to be filled up to overflowing so you can go back to your mission in the mission field out there. We have to remember that this is not a, a point or a place of, of just a club. This isn't a place where we come, get what we get, see our friends, get some coffee, and leave. This is a place where we come, see our friends, get our coffee, get ministered to, get restored, get renewed, get filled up, and overflow in the mission field. Come on. Come on. It's good to see my friends. I just saw her, Paula Nestor and Trey Nestor sitting back here. I'm really surprised to see you guys back here. Are you? I, I'm, I just can't believe you made the trip over here that early in the morning, Trey. Y'all, everybody, could you just stare at them uncomfortably? I'd appreciate it. It just makes so much to me if you just thank you. This guy really took it. You did a good job, sir. He said, <laughs> "That's good times right there. I love it." Oh, praise God. Let's, uh, the first thing I want to do is I want to sing a song for you this morning. Uh, we have, we have been, uh, this last week we have been, uh, up in Sturgis for the motorcycle rally and we had a all week long outreach there that was incredible and wonderful. And, uh, God put us in a position and I was able to bring up my band. Uh, we raised enough money. We had to raise $5,000 to bring my band all the way up from Florida to meet us in Sturgis because my heart was, I, you, you, you'll see what I do with tracks here, but when you're at the motorcycle rally, it's loud. And I don't just mean the motorcycles loud. The noise of that area is just loud. There's a lot of distractions there. And I wanted to have something that broke through the noise and be able to speak their language and gain their attention and then gain the ability. And this, I think there's something in this that maybe you could learn. We have to earn the right to have those discussions. And you can't just come up and yell at people. You can't hold signs and scream at people and tell them they're going to hell. And uh, you know, you earn the table. I love that, that you guys have. Uh, uh, the, I even came up with an acronym for table because you guys have a, 
uh, weekly together t- table talk. There's something that there's something about that is come sit down. Let's let's have a discussion. And sometimes that's what we are trying to do is have earned that right. You know what I mean? So uh, we had that. We had a wonderful time and lots of great, incredible things happened there. I'm so grateful for that. Um, I did, however, lose my voice. So, uh, and and it's just now I can tell it's just now coming back, and I'm so grateful to do it. And I wanted to share this song with y'all today. That is my heart. We are on right now. Let me just kind of update you and get this stuff out of the way. We're on what we call our freedom tour. This is a yes, amen. So here's the bottom line: is right now it's important that you also are. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, but we're also citizens right here in the United States. And we have to know how to walk in that with wisdom and know how to. The kingdom of God is first, right? And then some reason and some whatever in God's plan, we got to be born in this country. And we have to be good citizens here as well. So I've got this hat that's, uh, you know, it's just, it says freedom, but it's the American flag. But then right underneath it, on our, we have shirts and stickers. It has scripture, that talks about what real, true freedom actually is. Freedom is not just freedom from our foreign enemies and freedom for, of our rights, but also freedom in Christ. And so uh, we're really excited about this and just bringing and teaching people what true freedom really is. So I want to talk, just show you that. And then something really cool is going on in Florida. Uh, God gave us an opportunity to get some property, not us personally, but our 501c3 to get some, uh, a nonprofit, three acres there. And my, my wife's amazing, incredible heart is coming out to fruition there. It's what we're doing is we're building tiny homes on that. And we're doing it. Wow. Hey, man. <clears throat> that guy can come. Uh, it, we're building these. T- Do you build tiny homes? Yep. Well, come on down, brother. We need some. We're building tiny homes for women who are endangered. Uh, uh, um, how do I say it? Yeah, coming out of rehabs that need to be able to have a place to a hand up, you know, and a place to be safe. And even in battered uh, situations and relationships, a place for women uh, to be able to come and, and have a secure, safe place. And, uh, and it's in the middle. It's a, oh, thank you. It's a, our property is uh, right there in Ocala, just north of Ocala in Micanopy, Florida. Horse country, beautiful. So if you're ever down in that area, come find us and look for the, what we call the stomp barn. Okay, and we have a big old 500 seat auditorium that's been built, um, and then we're building these tiny homes. So we are really grateful that all that God is doing in my wife and our ministry. And uh, there was a there's this moment when I was uh, every Tuesday when I'm when I'm off the road, I write songs, and I and I have this team that we write with. And I was really struggling one day. Gail and I were going through a lot. And uh, how many of you know that it don't matter if you're a minister? We're all ministers of the gospel. But it, we all struggle. We all have hard days. We all have those kind of days. And, and, and uh, we were just going through something. And, and, uh, and I went to go to this meeting. Boy, I can feel the anointing hitting right now. 
I went to go to this meeting to, to begin to write, and, and I couldn't. I was like blocked, and I started to just pray. And what this little prayer that I was starting turned into warfare. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's about a 30, ended up being about a 30-minute prayer. And I got, when I got done, I felt like the Lord just told me, get up, go home to your wife, and let's, let's, work, let's, let's work together on this. And without even thinking about it, I got out of that, that room and left my two guys there, and we didn't write a song. And we don't get very many times chances to write songs together. So I could see them kind of going, where, where are you going? You know, and I wasn't even processing that I left these guys just hanging there. And I went home and God did miraculous things and Gil and I, and we had some major breakthrough. And I came back the next week and I just said, man, I'm sorry guys that I left you hanging like that. And we didn't write any songs. And my buddy said, you know what? It worked out perfect. He said, the whole time you were praying, God told me to write down your prayer. And I wrote down, he said, I wrote down the prayer and we turned it into this song right here. And I just pray that today if you are here, if you are at a place where you need breakthrough and you need a, you just are, are having a, a, a warfare moment here, that you can just reach out and grab this song and implement it and believe it and stand on it. It's called All to You. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I've been here before Right here on my knees I'm begging you, Father To come rescue me Take all of my And all of my shame Jesus, I pray this In your holy name Oh, Father, can you see me?
Father, I need your grace. Please show me the way. Sometimes that's one of the greatest places you can be. Just at a place of humble brokenness, sitting before the Father, and He'll meet you right there. Father, can you hear me? too emotional this morning man thank you father thank you jesus father i just thank you for your word this morning i thank you that it ministers to us i thank you in the name of jesus the name above all names that we are ministered to this morning and you remind us of who we are and who you are to us father i just pray that you minister life this morning that you reach out to each and every person that's in this place. Find them right where they are. Find the place of brokenness that, they, that they're struggling with, that issue that they're, they're having a hard time dealing with. And Father, I pray that you meet them right at that place. Build them up. Lift them up. Show them light. Show them life. And help them to walk, keep on walking with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? amen? Amen. <clears throat> Can I get this, uh, just bring this over here real quick. I want y'all to see how amazing my artistry is. <clears throat> I went to school for artists. Did y'all know that? <clears throat> Excuse me, I keep doing that in the microphone. Can y'all see this? <laughs> You're welcome. Good night. Thanks for coming. 
I wanted to show you something that I, I was listening to their table talk uh, message the other day online, and they were talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. They were talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it's so good. And if you didn't watch that, you need to go back because it's so beautifully explained and so simply cowboy explained. And what I started to think about, though, is that that some most of the time we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we need to remember what the role of the Holy Spirit is. And I think that sometimes what we do, especially cowboys, Western-type people, we have a tendency in a way to be able to capture things and understand it in a more simple way so that we can explain it. How many of you know the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a very difficult thing to talk about? It's a very difficult thing to explain. And there, and frankly, it's been poorly done in a lot of ways. And so it muddies up the water and we struggle just talking about what the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is. And so what I thought today is I would just give us a a real deep but but simple way to understand the role, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Not the gifts. The gifts are a byproduct, right? The gifts are a byproduct of the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right? So I want to start off by this. I think this is so interesting. This is my, my rendition of the tabernacle. Right, so yeah, this I think this is amazing. Can y'all see? There's a guitar in the way, but it's not. It's way back there. Can y'all see? <laughs> All right. Here's the thing that I think that nobody gets this. Very, very rarely do you see this. The everything in the Word, everything in the Word, God has been the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? And He's been building us up to this point all from the very beginning. It's nothing's different. It's just that we don't connect the pieces sometimes. Here's the tabernacle. And the tabernacle, believe it or not, was a physical, say physical. It was a physical example of what was going to happen to us spiritually through Jesus. All right? So the first thing you notice is, and I don't want to get into all the dimensions, all that. I don't, I don't have enough time for that. But the first thing you notice is there's one door. One door. One door to get in, and we call him what? Jesus. All right. Are y'all, y'all are flowing with me? Shake your heads at least. Come on. All right, we got we got one door. And when we walk in that door, when they walked in the door, the first thing they came to was a sacrifice place, a place where they they shed the blood of innocent lambs. Who is our innocent lamb? Come on, this is there's only this all if you no matter what ask question I ask, Jesus is probably always the answer. What do y'all <laughs> What do y'all want for food? Jesus, no man. Okay. All right. The, when you, the first place, the first position is the threshing floor. The place where the, what they did is they shed, they killed lambs and they shed the blood on, and it was a physical thing. You can, come on, put yourself in that place. You can hear it. You can smell it. You can see it. You can even feel it. There's blood splattered all over this place. And this is 
the blood. This is a representative of the blood of. See, you're doing good. You're doing good. The next thing they would do after they after they walked through that process is then they would come here to this, and this was a cleansing place where you would clean off the blood. Come on, and you would immerse yourself in water. What do we call what? Baptism. Baptism. Boy, y'all are this is good. Come on. First of all, you got to be covered in the blood, right? Covered by the blood. Then we have, so get saved. Are you with me? Then we have water baptism, right? This right here is the holy place. And this is the holy of holies. Are y'all following me? All right. So after you, after you went through the blood, then you went and you was immersed in water, cleansing yourself. We call that baptism. All right. And from that point, there was one more section that you had to go through. And it was a, uh, I don't, I can't remember the exact word, pretty much a flask. It was a, it was the anointing oil that before you could get to here, you had to go through here, through here, into here. And that is before you could come out of there to go to here, you had to go through here. The anointing oil is the representation of the Holy Spirit. See, what's so weird is because people have messed this up and made it so complicated and so odd that what happens is you see people understand this, that I must be covered by the blood of Jesus to, to get to the holy place, right? Heaven, if you want, or eternal life, if you want, all right? I must, uh, the only one way is through Jesus, one door. I'm being covered by the blood, and I must be water baptized. I mean, you don't have to be. You can go to heaven without it, but everybody usually gets baptized, right? But then what they do is they come out of here, and because it's kind of that weird subject, that weird topic, because it's been so poorly taught and poorly used, people just kind of go around it. And the thing is, is you can't go around it. You're missing the peace. You're missing the crucial peace. You're missing the anointing oil that gives you the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to walk into the holy place of God. Now, look, there's between here and here, there was a curtain, right? And that veil, that veil between here and here, and it only, only holy men, only the, the holiest of the men could walk into here. And that was a whole long process I don't have to go through, but Jesus studied it out. It's really cool. But when Jesus died on the cross, this veil was torn down. So what does that mean? That means you and me have full access to the Holy of Holies. Or what we would call Father. Oh, Lord. We shouldn't be trying to skip steps. We should embrace Come on. So let's, let's walk this out. How many of y'all, if I was to ask you, what, and I just let's make this short, how, how many of y'all would, would give me some examples of what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is? What, huh? Teacher. Teacher? Come on. How do you, how do you, let me put it this way. Let's put it in cowboy. How do you see the Holy Spirit in your personal life? Communicator. Communicator? That's good. What? Comforter, that's exactly, that's good, I like that. Some more, come on. Helper, love that, yes sir. 
Say, Groundbreaker. Come on. I like that kid. That's good. Come on. The light guidance. That's good. Peace, sir, ma'am. Healer, restorer. Yes. Yeah, I met a young man today whose name means healed by God. How cool is that? Um, so, let me tell you how I saw the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because I grew up in the church and because some reason, and I'm not sure where I picked this up, but I realized that more people than not actually see him this way. Most people see him, I see him as, or did see him as, sheriff. <laughs> Come on. I saw him at, everywhere I go. He's walking with a flashlight, making sure I don't mess up. And I don't take a misstep. And I don't miss the mark. And if I do, he's ready to thump me. Come on. I know, see, I know some of you young people, you know, but we grew up in a religious system where we were taught that you better not mess and upset the Holy Spirit because you're about to get thumped. You know what I'm saying? And so I'll give you an example of where that came from. I was, uh, when I was a kid, I don't, probably about that young man's age, I was riding my bicycle on the sidewalk and it said, uh, it was out in front of Yellow Front. We went to Yellow Front to get our boots and Wranglers and stuff because that was before anybody else wore boots and Wranglers and they were $15 at Yellow Front. And we wore Walkman Roper boots because they were not popular and because they were easy to get stuff off of come on y'all come on and i didn't do it because it wasn't cool i wasn't i wanted those shoes that your son is wearing i those are my first basketball shoes those were cool shoes those are cool shoes i i wore ropers because i had to and that's all my family could have really afford so i go to yellow front to get my cheap jeans and my cheap boots that's why I went to Yellow Front. And then George Strait came out and pressed those cheap jeans and shined those cheap boots. And all of a sudden, they cost me ten times more. <laughs> right? Stupid George Strait. No, don't, don't tell him I said that. I'm scared of that guy. <laughs> so here's the deal. So I'm riding my bicycle on the, on the sidewalk, and as I'm I'm at that age where I'm cool and I got it figured out, and I'll t- I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, right? And I'm riding my bicycle, and it said no bicycles or skateboards on the sidewalk. And I had that little rebellious kid thing. And I'm like, forget you, huh? I'll ride my bike, and I didn't no longer say I'll ride my bicycle where I want. And a lady walked out of Yellow Front and hit me in the jaw. <laughs> yeah, and as I landed on the ground, sun fishing, I realized this warning sign on the sidewalk was not to be against me. It was because the door opened up. I'm bleeding out of my whole face. And my first thought was, I'm sorry, Lord. And I got that. I thought the Holy Spirit was like, you said, (laughs) come on, you, you can see how you get this. I'm just kid. I'm like, I'll do what I want. The Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. Bam. So that's how I saw the role of the Holy Spirit. It was a few, a few days later, I'm, I'm, my, my buddies and I are going to go break into a house. Yeah, yeah, because we're cool like that. 
right? And this house, though, <laughs> didn't have walls. It was just had the sticks up, you know? But so we all dressed up like Mission Impossible, black, black, you know, that was me, right? And I thought I was cool. And we had about five of us and we're going to break into this house that you could break in the front door, the back door, the side of the house, the middle of that, you know what I'm saying? No, we think we're all breaking the law, breaking the law. But in me, I was so nervous, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, we're doing something bad, you know? And I, and so they're rolling, they're doing, and we're rolling on the ground, just stupid kid stuff, you know? And I come up against the wall, and I got to pull, pull, peel in, you know? And I'm, my heart's beating so fast. I peeled in, and I passed out. <laughs> and my friends are like, pick him up. I thought that's the Holy Spirit getting me. He's on. Boy, I can't get away with nothing. The Holy Spirit's just on me all the time. Later on, that thought process about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit wasn't love, compassion, peace, joy. It was sheriff. So later on, I'm in Claude, Texas, and uh, and I, there's the, well, oh boy, Claude, Texas is right outside of Amarillo, and that's where I grew up, right? And so my uh, my my dad, there's these two girls, come on, y'all, they wanted to go on a date with me. And I'm 16, and I'm feeling it, man. And I get, my, my dad's got a brand new dually, a one-ton dually crew cab pickup truck. And my dad says, here, here, boy, take, you can take that truck, go pick them girls up. I'm like, oh, yeah. Burn it, burn it, you know. Here's the problem. He said, you can go anywhere, do what, y'all be back a certain time. Just don't go to Amarillo. Amarillo's 27 miles away. Claude, Texas is 0.7 miles. Total. <laughs> My pickup truck was as big as the whole town. So pretty much this was my, this, I picked up the girls and we drove to the edge of town and we drove back and we drove to the edge of town and then we passed the Texas stop sign. You know what the Texas stop sign is? Dairy Queen. Stopped at Dairy Queen, had a good minute, right? We did this about 17 times and the girl's like, let's go to Amarillo. Both of them. I'm like, <laughs> right? So I had this like boldness to such a degree. I'm going to go to Amarillo. And I get about three miles outside of town and I get the Holy Spirit, Sheriff Holy Spirit, that's like, I'm going to blow up this whole truck. The rear end's going to come out, flip. I saw it all in my mind flip up, kill the girls. My whole life is destroyed. I'm in prison. So I turned that rig around, <laughs> dropped both them girls off. They was mad at me, never talked to me again. But here's the deal. There's a part of me that was grateful for some kids feeling something and, and wanting to make sure I do the right decisions. But I placed stuff on the Holy Spirit that really wasn't who he is. So I misplaced and misunderstood the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to just quickly show you as in the next 20 minutes just show you what the ministry of the holy spirit actually is he's not what we think he is 
we do know, we do know that we, we say um, the, ministry, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of their sins. So that's where we get the connotation that he's also walking around convicting you and me every time you sin. He's on, the Holy Spirit's on a sin hunt, right? Let me show you something. Watch this. Go to uh, John chapter 20. Look at all my awesome notes. I got yellow pieces of paper. Okay. John chapter 20. And I missed the one. Oh, here it is. Okay. John chapter 20, verse 21 through 23. Oh. Just put your, just put your finger there. I, I'll get to that in a second. What? I, apparently, I missed the actual scripture. The, this is... This is what? Okay, whatever. Um, so, I'm sorry, Holy Spirit. No, I'm just kidding. Are y'all with? Okay, anyhow. So, here I am. At the, what I realize is the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is... Okay, here it is. Turn to John 16. I, I got him flipped. John 16. John 16, 8 and 9. This is going to be good. Y'all going to like it. He says, and when... This is Jesus talking. Letters in red, Right? And he's, he's, he's foretelling them about the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. So that's where we stop. So the Holy Spirit is a big sheriff, and he's going to convict the world of their sin. He's going to convict you of your sin. He's going to be judging you. He's going to be on you. And we forget to read the next verse. The next verse actually... Jesus goes on to define it because he knew we would misunderstand that. Watch this. He says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. And of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. What he's saying, ladies and gentlemen, is he's not on a sin hunt after you. Because the righteousness and the bloodshed of Christ made you righteous. He's on, a, he's on the sin of sin to those who do not believe. Come on, I know this is kind of hard, but, but it's just that little bit of difference. The Holy Spirit is not trying to bang you over the top of the head every time you mess up. The Holy Spirit first is to convict the world of their sin because they do not believe. Because if you talk to a person who's not a believer, they usually don't think they need Jesus. Because they're a good person and they don't need, they, I, I've only sinned like once or twice a day, right? Come on, Sister Mary, you know, you think you're all that holy? Come on. But the thing is, is that we take it as that he continues in that role. And I want to show you that he indeed, that's for the world. That convicting of sin is for the world. Once you get convicted of your sin and you get washed in the blood, you are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of Christ. You are redeemed. You are restored. And that's changes the ministry of the Holy Spirit for you. Watch this. Go now. Now go to John chapter 20, verse 21. Right? Let me just kind of give you the story here. I'm going to try to make this as fast as I can make it. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would descend into a person or into a situation and then ascend. 
There was the whole Old Testament. You can go read it. Every time you hear about the Holy Spirit, he's descending into a situation and then ascending back. Descending, ascending. Coming and going. But then Jesus comes on the scene. Gets baptized by John the Baptist. And when he comes up out of the water, the word says that the Holy Spirit descended and stayed in Jesus. And then that's when Jesus' ministry explodes. People people are healed. People are set free. People are fed. People are saved because he's got the power of the Holy Spirit inside of him. Watch this. So... When Jesus is then res- uh, resurrected out of the grave, right? He, three days after his death, he comes in, he goes and finds the disciples. Put yourself in their shoes for just a minute. The disciples are all in a room, gathered, and they're full of fear. They're full of doubt. They're full of anger. They're, they're, they're in no way, shape, or form ready to win this world. They think that they just lost. Come on, you ever been there? Jesus walks into that room. When he walks in that room, the first thing he does is he speaks life to him and says, Peace, peace be with you. They needed to hear that. We need to hear that. Peace be with you. He doesn't say, Oh, you little faith. Oh, you guys are a bunch of punks. Look at you. I told you I was coming back. What, what? Here I am. He didn't, do, he didn't do any of that. Peace be with you. And the very next thing he does, watch this. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed the Holy Spirit on them. Come on, now watch. This is not the first time this has happened, right? Adam and Eve in the garden. God takes this dust and makes it into the form of man. But it's just dirt. Until what? Until he breathed himself into the dirt. And when he breathed himself in that dirt, that dirt stood up. Not because the cerebral vortex was clicking. It stood up because the very breath of God was its source and gave it life. But here's the deal. We've been living our whole life focused on the dirt, worried about the dirt. And the dirt isn't even who we are. We are the breath of God covered by dirt. Let me just say it like this. There's black dirt, yellow dirt, white dirt, red dirt, all kinds of colors of dirt. And it just dirt. It isn't who you are. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, you are not dirt. So stop living like dirt. Good night. (laughs) So this isn't the first time this breathing on happens. He brought it all the way, restored what Adam and Eve lost because of sin, restored them, renewed them, reconciled them, and then gave them the Holy Spirit. Watch this. I keep saying, watch this. I hate that. Don't, if I say that, just say something. Yell at me. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so we're going to go re- really quickly to Acts chapter 10, verse 42 through 44. Acts chapter 10. So this is after 
This is after what Jesus had already done. He had walked in the room, said peace to you, gave them the power of the Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit's in them. And then they're on their mission now because now they've got the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's more to the story, but I'll go back and tidy up. But I want to show you this moment where Peter, Peter is on this rooftop and Jesus tells him, you're just preaching to the Jews, man. I told you to go to Samaria and the end of the world, into the earth, right? God is trying to have this conversation and give him a little unction. And Peter is like, I'm not going into any, God, God is asking him to go to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius is what? Gentile. And Peter's like, I'm not going. They don't deserve it. I'm staying in my own little area with my own folks, my own people. He's dirt conscious. Ooh, man. So, so here we go. God brings down a vision of a blanket with a bunch of dirty food on it. A bunch of unclean food that he knows, Peter knows, is unclean. And Peter's like, and God says, eat, eat of all that. And Peter says, I'm not eating of that. That's unclean. Can you imagine having that conversation with God? Don't you love God that you can have those kind of conversations with him? He's got big shoulders. And he says, that's unclean. And God rebukes him and says, don't call unclean what I've called clean. Get up out of your self-righteous attitudinalness and go where I called you to go to everybody I've called you to go and to the people that you don't think are clean, to the people that you don't like, to the people that don't think like you do, that don't act like you do. Get up out of your selfishness and go minister life. So Peter does, and he's in there, and I'm trying to make this quick. He goes in there, and, uh, and he's telling, he's preaching this whole message, right? And, and, and then he comes to this part. He's been preaching for quite a while. And all of a sudden, he hits this part right here. And this is Peter talking. And he, this is in uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 42 through 44. He says, and he commanded us to preach to the people. And to testify that he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead, to him all prophets witness that through his name, whose name? Jesus. Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin. Here's the key. I'm going to paraphrase this. When he said remission of sin... He'd been preaching all this time. He'd been talking to the Gentiles. He was obedient. He's in there. He's just talking and preaching and giving. But when he hits these key words, for the remission of your sins, when he hits those words, the Bible says, while Peter was still speaking these words, what words? Remission of sin, right? While Peter still was speaking the remission of sin, the Holy Spirit fell up and on all those who heard the word. And let me just give you the rest of the story. And they began to go crazy. They began to speak in tongues. They began to have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They had revival in the house. Not on Peter's words. Not on his, uh, you are Gentiles, I'm Jews. Not on law. Not on nothing. But the remission of sins that was given by Jesus. 
That is like, come on, it's the key word, man. It's the key word that on the inside, when, when Peter's talking and the Holy Spirit's right here, yeah, come on, come on, come on. And when he hit that word remission of sin, he said, that's my cue. That's my word. And he jumped up on, up and on Peter. And that whole house got eaten forever changed. Here's my heart. You want to get this world into a worldwide, worldwide, say that three times, worldwide revival, bring them to the remission of their sins. We don't need to be out there. To, listen, let me tell you something. Remember when I said that the Holy Spirit's role is to convict the world of their sin? Guess what that means? It's not yours. It's not your Facebook job. It's your job. Come on. I, I'm a, I can show you a bunch more scripts. I don't have time. But if you read on, it's your job, watch, to tell them about the remission of their sins. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit says what Jesus told them to, which is what? The remission of their sins. And that we should be saying what the Holy Spirit says, which is what? The remission of your sins. Come on, that your sins have been remitted. Watch this. I'm almost done. Whew. Come on. Watch this. I'm gonna skip the I'm gonna skip all this so I can get to this awesome part. There comes a time, there comes this moment. Are y'all following me? Where God in the Old Testament I told you, Holy Spirit ascends and descends upon the people and goes back. And then God, God brings a covenant with them based on physical, their physical world. He, I, I don't know how to explain this to you, but say like this. He sort of handcuffs himself to the natural realm in this old covenant. And he begins to get weary and tired of this ridiculous shedding of blood of lambs and all the physical stuff. And the, uh, there's so much 663 Levitical laws. There's so much ridiculous. It has been so man-made, so clouded. And God is like, you know what? I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting tired of the natural realm. I want to come and be on the inside of every believer. I don't want them to have to go to a tabernacle and have a physical only. I want them to have a supernatural relationship with me. And I want to be on the inside of them. So you watch Ezekiel. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 24 through 27. This is a prophet. Ezekiel chapter 24 through 27 says this. For I will take you from among the nations. I will gather you out of the countries. I will bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you shall be what? Clean. Come on, say clean. And you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from the, your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you, and I will make the heart of stone of your own flesh and give you a heart of flesh. This right here. And I will put my spirit 
within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave you to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. This is an old system of do good, get good, climb the ladder of performance. And God is saying, I'm tired of this outward, natural thing. I want to give them something that's a representative and be me on the inside of them. And who is that? The power of the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And no longer do you go through physical tabernacle. You get a supernatural God. Okay, now, what do you have to, I'm going to link this thing as, we, as I close right here. I'm going to link this. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Come on. You're walking around your daily life. And you're going through issues and trials and tribulations. And, and, and we have this picture that the Holy Spirit is, and God is right there to put a thumb on you. And to, listen, let me just say this to you. The Holy Spirit absolutely does correct us. He does lead us into all our righteousness and correct our paths. And he does, but he doesn't do it the way that we thought he did. He doesn't do it by beating us up and flogging us and causing us to be hurt and causing pain. God must be mad at me because he caused this thing to happen. God must be trying to teach me a lesson because he's doing this to me and doing that to me. Let me just tell you. God is not in that business. The role of the Holy Spirit is to not beat you up or beat you down. It's to point to the, remind you that you are the righteousness of Christ. It's a daily process. So in essence, let's say that you blow it. Let's say that you miss it and you will today. You will miss the mark. And then you can go around going, man, I messed up, man, I missed it. I'm just filthy rags. I'm nothing but trash. I'm just this. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of you and says, let me, let me remind you. This is the role of the Holy Spirit. Let me remind you. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. The blood of Jesus was given for you so that you don't have to go through this. That you don't. Let me just tell you, you son of God, you daughter of God, what you're doing right now is beneath you. If you only knew, come on, this is the correction. If you only knew who you were, if you had an identity that you are the righteousness of Christ and that you are blood bought and that your mistakes and your failures and your missings and, and all the trials and tribulations don't qualify or quantify who you are only the blood of jesus does and the holy spirit's there to daily remind you of who you are that's who the holy spirit is you got to stop focusing on what you do wrong and get back to remember on what he did right and the Holy Spirit is always in your ear reminding you, you are the righteousness of Christ. Don't do that. Not because I'm going to beat you up or hurt you or wound you or tear you apart or tear you down. I want to build you up and remind you that you're a son of the living God. You're a daughter of Christ. Why? Don't do that. It's beneath you. That's correction in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to close with this. Go to Luke. I got, it's, I, it's, I'm right on time, 1020, I'm closing right now. <laughs> Go to Luke chapter 5 through 11. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
You are a son and daughter of God. Luke chapter 5, I mean chapter 11 verse 5. And he said to them, this is Jesus, given a parable. I'm going to, for time, I'm just going to say it, kind of paraphrase, cowboy style, right? So what he's talking about is that there's a man, and he's in bed in his house with his kids. And that time, all the family slept in one room. And a neighbor comes to the door. He had some people show up at his house, and he ran out of bread. And he comes to the neighbor's house, and he begins to bang and plead and ask the neighbor, I need bread. People's coming. I'm out of bread. And the neighbor says, the man on the inside says, I'm, I'm already in bed with my kids, man. Don't bother me. And Jesus says, if the man just keeps knocking, it's not because the, the neighbor loves the man, but because he's so, he'll get so aggravated and so bothered that he will get up and answer the door and give him what he wants. And then he uses this beautiful, this beautiful connection. I'm going to just tell you all ahead of time. This has been so misunderstood and so taught, mistaught that you got to keep knocking, you got to keep asking. And I, I just, you got to keep banging on the door of God because if you don't keep banging, He's not going to get up and answer it. Let me just, let me just set you up here. This is wrong theology. It doesn't mean, listen, I got to be careful. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't ask because Jesus goes on to say this beautiful thing. For those who seek, find. Those who knock, the door will be open to them. And those who ask, they'll get an answer. But then what he does is he goes and defines this parable so you understand what he's talking about. Hmm. He says, after he said, ask, seek, knock, right? He says, but if a son, if a son asks anything, which of you being evil fathers would give a, if, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? If he asked him for fish, you'd give him a serpent. How, all, these, all these ridiculous ideas. If, if a son asks, and so if you, and then he gets to this beautiful verse right here. But wait, watch this. Oh, come on. This is good. The question, that, the point that Jesus is trying to make, there's nothing wrong with ask, seek, and knocking. Nothing, you should always feel free to go to the Father, ask, seek, and knock. But it's a mentality. Let me ask you this. Where are you? Where's the son in this story? In this story, in this parable, where's the son? He's on the inside, in bed with the Father. So you've got to ask yourself, where would you rather be? Would you rather be on the outside, the neighbor on the outside? Or would you rather be the son or the daughter on the inside, in bed with the Father? Come on, y'all, I don't know that you're getting this. This is where you are. You have to, you need to see that when you get covered by the blood of Jesus, when you're baptized and you're anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's inside of you, you're no longer on the outside knocking. 
That's the world. The world is the stranger. The world is the unsaved. And they're having to beg and plead and knock. And guess what? Jesus says, and if they do ask, if they do seek, and they do knock, I will answer the door. And guess what they get to do? Come inside. Come inside. You are on the inside. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're sons and daughters of the living God. And you don't have to be on the outside begging and pleading and knocking and continue just bounding on the door begging God. That's not a son's relationship. You're on the inside with the father. And that's more of a rolling over and tugging on the father. It's relationship. So let's just put us, watch this last verse. This last verse says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sorry, maybe somewhere in your past, somebody weirded out on you. Let me just tell you, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not running and jumping and flopping. And the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is is not all all that crazy nonsense that we've seen. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is your peacemaker. He's your comforter. He's on the inside with you and he's leading you into all knowledge and wisdom and bringing you into truth and bringing you and bringing you into circumstances and situations that you can't even imagine that are available to you. And when you miss it and when you fail, he comes alongside you. That's okay, Johnny. Get up. You missed it. That's okay. Let me remind you of who you are. You're the righteousness of Christ. You're a son of the living God. You're on the inside with the Father. You don't need to act like you're on the outside anymore. That's beneath you. That's below you. You are mine. All the gifts, all the things are important. But you've got to have a first understanding of who he is and who you are in him. And if you start seeing yourself as your identity is in Christ and the Holy Spirit, the power of God is on the inside of you and that makes you on the inside, you're no stranger. (laughs) You're a son and you're a daughter. And if you start believing that in your head and listening to that, then he starts moving and shaping and guiding and delivering life to you as a son or a daughter. Thank you all for having me this morning. I love you all. Appreciate it.